Welcome back, everyone. You're watching We Heart Therapy, the special series EFT Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Bell, licensed marriage and family therapist and certified EFT supervisor and therapist and president of Southern Nevada EFT with a practice here in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. And I am super, super excited to have back on our show. So if you guys haven't seen them before, uh, we have Leaden Migarod, I probably butchered that because I'm terrible at accents, and Jeff Slootmuckers from Belgium, <laughs> right? They are two of our EFT trainers. And now uh, Leaven is the founder of the Belgium Center for EFT. And both of them are EFT trainers and they speak Dutch. You actually speak multiple, speak multiple languages, right, fellas? And you guys specialize on how to use EFT with couples that suffer from violence and a lot of angry reactive behavior in relationships. And they've published articles. They have a book and they have another book coming out for the general public, which they'll talk about later. And so I'm just so, so excited to have them back on our show. And we're going to be talking about the art of confronting the EFT way, because there is this myth out there, and I don't know where this came from, but I've heard it perpetuated a lot of trainings that EFT doesn't confront things. And it's just not true, but we do have a way to do it. And so we're going to kind of toss up our style a little bit today and try to do some experiential discussion today um, to help us go through this topic. So I hope you guys are really going to enjoy it. So Jeff and Levin, let's take it away. Right. Thank you for having us again. We're so happy to be there. Uh, thank you for this work you're doing to spread EFT. Yeah. So let's go to the topic. Well, I, I love, Annabelle, you said, like, what about us having a kind of experiential conversation? That That is, that's really key when, when we want to talk about the EFT way of confrontation. Okay. And um, let's just dig in. And, and we were th thinking about, okay, when, when do we need to, when we have, when, what are moments when we have like that urge as a therapist, therapist to confront people? In most cases, that happen when we see people doing or we hear people talking about certain behavior that we can consider as shameful. And what I mean with shameful is not like the experience inside people of being ashamed, but more like more society layer where society thinks like those kinds of behaviors we do not tolerate, they don't belong to our way of relating to one another. You know, that's another way of thinking around shame. Like what you do does not belong mm -hmm. to how we want it to be in a society, right? And so we got we, we thought about many, many examples. Like for example eating, cheating Stealing, yelling, calling names to our partner, losing our temper towards our kids. Yeah. All kinds of examples that, you know, if you're a bit in EFT, those are those examples and behaviors that, you know, it's not always clear, but we might say, we can say that they belong to the more pursuing partner, the partner in the pursuing position. These are elements of behavior that are more often 
seen when people are stuck in that position. Because, you know, there's this hyperactivation in it, okay? But there's also a lot of behaviors that a society really condemn and don't accept that are more part of the deactivation. It could be like you're leaving your family for days, you know, neglecting your kids, just disappearing, drinking to escape, lying, whoring, all those kind of things, you know, and 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 it just makes sense that these behaviors in a way do impact um you know of course the self but also the relational dynamic and definitely the other partner okay and also all people involved like family kids so these behaviors they really impact and so it just makes sense as a therapist and maybe also as a society that that you feel the need like hey we need to address this we need to we need to speak to it we need to say that this is not call it okay. out yeah call it out and we thought okay what if we just instead of talking about it go into that experience and i don't know what what maybe just we could i, I could choose losing temper towards kids or your spouse could go both ways. Spouse, spouse, spouse is maybe a good idea because maybe I can be the spouse for a minute, right. and 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 just trying. I will try very hard to go into that experience of whoring. You know, that that happened. I drink a lot to escape, and I lie a lot, and I also you know, maybe I did you know the secret life, the secret life, and you know that that came out. And at that moment when it came out, you... I yelled at you a lot. I called you <clears throat> all dirty names going to whores and cheating <clears throat> on me and stealing all the money from the family. <clears throat> Who are you? Bad person you are. <clears throat> I will not yell here because the sound... <clears throat> not... Yeah, but, and, and, and you, you maybe also lashed out physically to me, no? Yes, it could be that, no. that I couldn't control myself then when it came out. I just tapped you around the head when what do you do? So I, I went I went like drinking, escaping, I went to the mountains for without letting uh, anybody. I was just like away. You were like terrified of me committing suicide and leaving you alone. And I was, uh, you know, those things we might exaggerate a bit, but everybody who works as a couple therapist, you know, maybe those stories are they happen, right? They happen in bigger, smaller Yeah. yeah, a lot. So, I think even here in the states, like you know, I notice it comes up a lot when they see one partner sort of like innocent, like I wasn't doing anything wrong, but my partner lost their temper and started calling me bad names, um, or they slapped me or something, you know. And then, you know, you see therapists can have this reaction themselves. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Because they also belong to society. And mm-hmm. uh, it is something you feel the urge to say, this is not okay what you're doing. It's not okay. Mm-hmm. I want to show you what you're doing. It's not okay. Mm-hmm. But let's so, imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe let's imagine. Maybe you can help us out. Maybe then we can do a kind of create this felt sense, uh, the three of us, that would be like really nice. So what if, you know, you hear... Imagine that we're in your office and maybe a hard thing for do for you to do because you're just a, like a real EFT. Empathic uh, master. Yeah, for sure. Right? You wrote a book around it, Relentless Empathy, and a great book. And, and so for sure, I'm going to ask you something difficult. 
But how would it sound if you would try to come up with a non-empathic, non-EFT way of confronting us while we bring this, you know, this, these behaviors yeah. to your office? How, how, how would it sound? Let's just play around with it and then see We'll play the non-empathic way that this. No, yes, it, we know it's difficult for you. Yeah, but probably try, try your best. And we came to therapy. Of course, you came to therapy when things came out. Mm-hmm. We and we had these behaviors. We felt, whoa! Now we need help. We go to therapy, but then we start doing the same into the session. You know, mm-hmm. start blaming him. Blaming, calling yeah. names. In calling names, you have no backbone. Who are you? But I, yeah. I try. I try to avoid the more ugly words because otherwise you need to put beeps. We got to keep it PG rated. Yeah. So I've heard this one. You know, you guys are. You know, you might. You're yelling at at your partner. You know, maybe like like you push them and. and the non-empathic way, you know, and, and I've seen this, it's like the therapist come forward and said, this is abuse. You, you need to know that you're abusing your partner. This is abuse and it needs to stop. Like this, this can't happen. This is abuse, right? You can't verbally abuse your partner. You can't physically abuse your partner. That's abuse. Okay. <laughs> Look uh, at your faces. Oh my well, gosh. <laughs> well, very good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Okay, you, you want to go first, right? Yes, I, 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 what happens inside me if I describe the, the patient in me, my eyes go big and I, I'm stuck now. I always, my mind stops, but I'm thinking of attacking you now. Well, mm-hmm. Who do you think you are? That you can tell that to me. I came here because I asked for help. Go on, go on. I'm just really interested right now. <laughs> but yeah, and, and but but another part of me wants to run away and say, oh, I, I I try to avoid the f word now because I I wanted to say the f word to to you and come on, and I think you're not going to help us. That's for sure. I think you're mm-hmm. not going to help us. I don't trust you. Yeah, I don't trust you, Dad. It's it's I'm, it's quite interesting. Um, yeah, from a theoretical point of view, I, I knew that this would come up, but it's similar and so different than what I felt. I'll I'll tell you where I want. Um, although this is just it's good to remember. This is just us role playing a little bit with it. Mm-hmm. Um, what it could feel like when a therapist might respond in that in a non empathic way. I. I had immediately the stomach that, I don't know, that it's not a pain, but it's like a kind of heavy feeling where my stomach goes and my brain is like, and it's hard to even breathe at this moment when you say that. Mm-hmm. And there is this, there is this huge, almost collapse going on inside of me where I don't know how to move. So what made me actually move is hearing you say that you would move, okay? Because you you, you would you wanted to attack her and, and uh, we talk about the body. Me, it, it got all tensier, and my muscles in my arms got 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 uh, you know like ready ready for to protect myself and and to fight for something, you know, yeah. and and to keep you out. Yeah, I want to keep you out. And yeah. so in a way. 
the one good thing here is that for a moment, <laughs> really for a moment, we're together. We work together. I could really felt it like, oh, and so you're going to protect us against this. This is actually good. So you go. But then before I felt the mobilization of you, I was completely, completely stuck and unsafe. And what happened to me is I'm not going to show you anything. I'm not going to show you anything around what happened. And I just going to in a kind of um, maybe appeal and please mode where I'm going when while shut down, I will say, yeah, 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 you're, you're right. Yeah, you're, you're right. Yes, that is indeed true. But engagement in therapy for me is it becomes really, really hard at this moment. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting because I would imagine what I'd hear therapists who might have said, you know, maybe responded in, in a similar way to these kinds of situations. I imagine they might be saying like, but wouldn't you feel validated like that I'm protecting you or I'm seeing what's happened to you? Wouldn't you feel like seen in that way? Oh, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting. I just had, last week a conversation with a couple that I'm seeing and they're so important to me, these people. So I'm trying to protect them after two years because I don't want anyway. Okay. Be careful. Yeah, I will be careful, but they told me that they have so many experience with going into therapy and we actually really, the words you said, you know, that was what they're saying that one of the previous therapists told them, told them that. And what came up was the feeling of not being seen. Mm. Because what happens here is that, you know, we feel so judged in what we do and in our relationship and the fact that we are so wrong. So when you confront some kinds of behaviors, you condemn our relationship. Mm. And there is so much in it that's worth fighting for. That's why we are here. And so we feel so, so, so abandoned. Mm. Because the only place that we thought maybe we should risk going there to ask for help was opening up to you. And that response takes the hope away. And so I don't feel seen at all. Yeah. yeah. So this, this is so big. I love what you're saying about, you know, our relationship feels condemned. And actually what keeps coming forward in my mind is our ethics as a therapist is, you know, when couples come to you, you know, so I'm sort of thinking about like the function of that move of trying to say, this is abuse, it's got to stop, you know, and, and I've seen this more common, you know, it's not a one size fits all, but I've heard these kinds of feedback more commonly from female therapists than from men who get kind of mama bear and feel like they identify with the victim and sort of like, move in to protect like mama bear 
And sort of the sense of, well, yeah, if they're being abused, then maybe they should leave. They, they shouldn't be in this relationship. And again, ethically, that's not for us to decide. And um, I think we also tend to misuse the word abuse big time in our culture. Um, there is legitimate abuse, but we tend to over overuse that. But also, you know, ethically, if, if they're coming to us to help them save the relationship, you know, our job is to take the things that they're giving us and help them find a way to fix those things, to repair, to, yes, not have violence or, or hurtful things intentionally be a part of the relationship. But when we kind of move in with the stance of, well, I know better for your relationship or I'm condemning your relationship, you know, it, it kind of is an unethical stance because we're not, our role is not to decide whether or not couples should, should or should not yes. be together. Yes, yes. And I get that. But it's, it's maybe more nuanced and complex. Can I just, mm-hmm. for a minute, can we just stay in that experiential place where just we are at this point not feeling safe but when you are the therapist i got like a really this is a question because a lot of us and i do too actually yesterday i talked to you because i had yesterday a really hard clinical day with a lot of escalation in my room where i mean we teach a lot about it and still it was quite challenging difficult and i can recall yesterday that urge of going to confrontation and confront them. Um, and I was like wondering, what is the focus? What's the goal? Instead of just going immediately into that action where we just go for that confronting mode, but what do you want to reach with it? Can, can you help a bit? Like what, what if, if it all would work out? Mm-hmm. It would if the confrontation from the the yeah. hope of the therapist mm-hmm. and would work out well as the therapist yeah. desires. Yeah. But that's the same as we said, what would be the function of the yeah. function? Good. I think the, the goal would be fun. to make it stop. To make it stop. Oh good. All right. Good. So this is interesting. We we have that urge to confront and we want to reach with it is we want to make it stop. So if that is our goal and our focus, we should stick to that. Oh, there's something going on and we want to slow it down in the EFT way. We want to slow it down. We want to de-escalate it. So this negative thing where people get caught in, where they do all kinds of harmful, painful, and destructive behaviors, our job is we want to make it stop. So... This is a clear goal. What I feel here is from a client perspective, you're not helping us to stop it with going in with that hard, confronting move. Because what will happen is we're going to close it off or we're going to fight you and we're not going to open up. So we're not going to allow you to help us because now I feel every time I'll show you a piece, we will be judged like our whole environment is already doing. So again, we're alone, and we thought you were that one resource to reach out to, and now we lose that too. So we're back 
where we where we started and, alone. And the strange thing is, we come to therapy because we have the same aim as the therapist. We have the same hope. Can you help us stop this? This is hurtful. We want to stay together. We don't know what to do. Well, this keeps on happening, and we still want to be together. Otherwise, we didn't come to therapy together. And the, 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 we we hope you can help us to stop. Right. It's also for the viewers should should could go to the stop therapy video that is so well on YouTube. Yeah, stop it. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and let me uh, where. Just quickly, while we're in this place, too, um, I know a lot of therapists might be thinking, oh, but wait, if you got violence or alcohol, cheating, whatever, you you shouldn't do couples therapy. And I would kind of challenge that and say it's a little bit of an old school mentality that we are breaking down the barriers. And yes, there may be certain protocols and safety planning and stuff that you might need to do, but... We are learning how, and that's part of this conversation, is how to address those directly in the context of couples therapy directly. Because if we're not willing to address the hardest things that are part of their relationship, it's like saying, go and get ready for therapy before you can start therapy. And, yeah. you know, it's like, this, this is our job as a therapist. <laughs> Great, great. And you, you know what? This is what we do. This is what we will come and, and talk about when we're uh, with your community. This, this is what we teach in the, in the workshops that we do. I don't think we need to do, uh, you know, add-ons and that we need to do extra stuff with those kind mm-hmm. of things. I, need, I think we need to do more of what we already know in EFT. So maybe we can shift this conversation to start keeping the feeling you know, alive in the body and think a little bit about, okay, but what do we need in order that it can be addressed in a safe way so that we feel help in being able to stop it? And here is the thing, what will really be helpful for me, I'm interested in from your position, but what will really be helpful for me is to feel some welcoming first. Mm. And I need a therapist who says, whoa, welcome. You guys are suffering from this. This is what makes you come and you're welcome. And the mm-hmm. fact that it happens, well, that must be hard for you. And such a good move to come in because you're very, very welcome. So that I feel aligned and that somebody comes standing with me with that same focus that probably we share yeah. stopping because yeah. I also want us to stop and I need to feel that mm. what I want to stop it it should be accepted in a way as not as this is good behavior but accept me that this is what happens this is what I do and that I want it also mm-hmm. to stop yeah. that, that's what I would feel I know about you yeah well I, I I was I was thinking in in this thing that you were whoring, oh, and and I was uh, bad mouthing you and mm-hmm. and attacking you and hitting you, and we got in this cycle, and I needed what I was feeling uh, the same welcome, but I am a bit ashamed 
that we kept this whoring privately for us because I don't want to blame him. While I blame him inside the house, I don't want the whole world to know because then I'm the husband of a man who is cheating on me with, with horse. That makes me feel bad too. So I don't want to, everybody to know it. And then I'm ashamed of what I do too. So I need understanding that, that I'm ashamed of what I do. I need, I come for you for help. I, I want to be able to reach you. Okay. Wow. To, to tell you, to, wow. I, I need a voice wow. to reach you that, that, okay. hey, I don't, this hurts me, man, what okay. you're doing. This hurts me. There's something really cool about just when I'm following you. Yeah, go. Look how shame kicks in. Right. And there's a lot to say about shame, but one of the things is that it deeply, deeply isolates us. And just, it goes totally inwards, like, do I even, am I even worth of still belonging if this comes out, if we talk about this? Because it makes me feel so bad about me. So I close off, I hide, I'll do whatever so that people, maybe I'll attack you, maybe I'll attack myself, whatever. But I will do all kinds of things to not feel that really destructive feeling of whatever I do. I'm so, 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 so bad. And so it's all about me and you got also the feeling like, look how ashamed I am that I, that I'm still with you. And so beside the welcoming, the real therapeutic relationship where we feel accepted, where we go together into like, okay, let's work together in a collaborative, welcoming way to look for this to stop, not right away, but work together so that we can find ways. So it will stop over time. Another thing that I feel is it has to go away from me or from you inside. We need, I think, a coherent story around how is it possible that this, that we get to those kinds of behaviors? Because I don't know either mm. about the whoring. I don't know either about the attacking, probably. No, it just happened. It just happened. I, I can explain. Of course, because you were doing those bad things, okay. of yeah. course, that, that I got so powerless that I, I wanted, I wanted to make you feel, man, this is not okay. <laughs> it's not okay for me okay. because I want you to be with me. Okay. Yeah. But, but you know what? If you explain it that way, then I'm so bad. The only thing I can feel is I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough and you don't love me anymore and you think that I'm only bad, you know what, but I'm also will withdraw and close myself off, but still I'm in such a desperate need for some, some love and warmth. And I don't believe that people can really uh, love me just because of who I am, but I still need it. So what about, you know, we got like a, this, this cool thing, which is, you know, difficult, but, I can pay my love. You can what? I can pay for that love. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and then every time I do it and it comes out and I lie about it, you know, you will feel again that I'm not there with you and it's very destructive on that. It's hurt. It hurts me terribly. Mm-hmm. And what does it mean about me? But uh, who am I for you? And I'm not there for you. 
So I want to reach you to f- make you feel how much it hurts me. That's what I need from you also, Dr. Bell. I was just thinking of an empathic reframe there, and that's where this comes helpful, where we do call it out, but in the empathic EFT way. And lying is one of my favorites, um, where it's like, it's so, feels so, maybe not safe to tell the truth right here, to let this truth be known. Because if I share it, something really bad is going to happen. Oh, so of course, I try to protect. Oh, see, but now, now you got me. Now I got the goosebumps. You know, just imagining. You know, it's not even we're just role playing and and just. But all of a sudden, what you do is you you do with that reframe. You connect my behavior in this case, the lying, to the unsafety that lives between us. And you see it as the only way I can do as a kind of self-protection to make mm. sure, you know, that it doesn't get even worse as it is. Mm. So that really, you know, instead of going closed off, this is really like, oh, okay, but you, oh, so you can start seeing it that way a little bit. Mm. This is why we do, this is so in line with what we call you know, the EFT in stage one, the steps, alliance, welcoming, accepting mm-hmm. people. And then, you know, the second task there is like mm-hmm. build the coherence of the mm-hmm. process. And so the cycle work here, seeing all those behavior as part of a cycle that has mm-hmm. a lot to do with and safety, losing the safety and the connection and how we protect ourselves and the relationship there. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like even I was thinking with, like maybe the really angry, maybe like slapping or hitting, you know, like a pursuer who might do like a withdrawer's walls, like, you know, something about your partner's walls feels so scary. And it's like you've tried all these ways to reach your partner to get through that wall. And I imagine you feel so helpless, so powerless. And it's like you try with all your might and your body just keeps fueling and feeling like this wall is dangerous. Break it down, break it down. And then maybe you reach across and you shake your partner or you slap your partner. Something's just trying to get through that wall, right? That's just trying to get there. But then it's like, oh, no, what have I done, right? Oh, no, right? This this part of you, right, that, that really isn't trying to be hurtful. That's just so desperately trying to break through that wall, right? That dangerous, dangerous wall. And I decide now, even if it's only a role play, while you said this, ah, suddenly I felt that my breath was going down. And the, the, the magic line was something in the, in the area of, and then you feel that you feel about yourself, this is not okay. You don't want this to happen. Then you realize afterwards, oh, what did I do? That's what you said. And that, what did I do? You helped me to confront my uh, myself. I dare to look into the mirror because you resp- you understand that I do things that I don't want to do, but I want to do them, but I don't want to do them. <laughs> I want to do them to re- I want to reach you, but that, that I get lost in that. 
-hmm. And then uh, afterwards, oh, sorry, my phone. And then uh, I put it silent. Uh, and and then I feel when you said that line, I could hardly hear you. But but and then you come to this place that you realize, oh, what did I do? Because that feeling is already in me when I come to you, the therapist. So if you tell me it's abuse, you tell me something I know, but now I cannot tell it myself anymore mm. because I already. I already feel that, but I cannot express it mm. by you giving your friendly eyes and saying, and then you, you probably have this, you describe what I do in the context of this relationship you want to reach in. And then uh, you said, and then you say, oh, what did I do? Then you touch me because that's living inside me. Oh, with, what do I do? And I want to reach him. It's very complex <laughs> sitting here because in this horrid lying story, I, I want to reach him, but I don't want to tell him to tell the truth. Mm -hmm. He lies to me about the horring, but in mm -hmm. fact, I want him not to go to the horse so he doesn't have to, to lie to me. But mm -hmm. if I want to know the truth and the truth is painful, there's part of me that doesn't want the truth. So I want him to lie. Okay. You know, it's so, complex. Like I'm scared of the truth and I'm scared of the lies. Yeah, so it, something interesting going on. Okay. Um, in our dynamic, okay, um, the reason that also gets you to like calling names is because you're really preoccupied of what I do wrong. And you want to give me and to tell me and to alarm and to protest against what I do that endangers our relationship. Mm -hmm. What you just did, this is like a few lines after there's kind of an acceptance and a welcoming and we just get that, we start that collaboration around, we want all the three of us to make it stop and you welcome also the destructive behavior and not pointing out that it's bad. You welcome it and you're someone who wants to help us. You mm -hmm. see how it is intertwined and how we are connected through the mm -hmm. cycle. And you start to reflect it all of a mm -hmm. sudden, instead of looking at what I do, look what just happened. You start seeing yourself and there's this natural process that goes on where you start to tell and explain how complicated, ambivalent this all works, mm -hmm. right? And that is already changing the eyes from the blaming eyes to the other that leads to that, you know, harmful, maybe destructive uh, behavior that has a relational function, okay? Mm -hmm. But you go inside. And this is, I guess, the next step that we want to do to help people see their own behavior is help them to look inwards. And that's what just happened here. But another function of wanting, uh, when you have as a therapist that urge to confront, I think, yes, we want to stop something, but I also think that one of the places where it comes from is we want to force in a way, we want to make sure that people have a kind of empathy and that they can take responsibility for mm -hmm. empathy for the other mm -hmm. and taking responsibility for how they hurt the other mm -hmm. and also how they, you know, contribute 
in fueling that relational pattern and the drama, that attachment drama that goes on. So it's not only about stopping things, it's also helping people. We want to make sure that you're taking responsibility and that you can see the effect. But here's the whole thing. Empathy for the self is the prerequisite to be able to have empathy for the other one. Mm. And this is in a way a slowing down the whole thing. So it's again having a focus. If I want us work together to make it stop, and that's the goal, then it's maybe going in a non-empathic confronting way. Doing that destroys our goal. Mm-hmm. And if we want to help people to feel like, hey, they can take responsibility and they can look inwards or towards their own behavior and what it all means and all the ambivalent, what you're just mentioning, you know, that if we want to have the eyes inwards, going in too strongly with the confronting words is not going to help because I'm going to push you away. Mm-hmm. Not what you did, you go inside. Yeah. And the, 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 it's interesting that the goal is the same. The goal is to stop, to take responsibility. But in the direct non-empathic confrontation of the beginning, we, the therapist, we, for, we are so hard to, to make it change that we become like the couple and we forget it will be a process to stop mm. instead of a, just a decision to stop. Yeah. It will be a process of knowing oneself, knowing the effect in the cycle, understanding we're stuck. And it will take time to do that. And this, like the therapist runs three steps too far, too fast. And we have to go to the connection first, acceptance, the cycle. And then before we, I can have empathy for his lying. I need empathy for myself, my pain. Backing, yeah. Yeah, the, right. otherwise I cannot listen to what's happening to you. Right. <laughs> and what you're saying too is really just making it clear is we're not empathizing with the behaviors. It's the hurting person underneath the behaviors that feels stuck doing something that they don't want to do, but feeling like they don't know what else to do. That's going to be effective. Yeah. Beautifully said, yeah. I think. And just to repeat, because this is really, really essential, because otherwise we might risk of saying we don't address the action tendencies, we just go, and the behaviors, we go for that painful place and all those feelings. Yes, we access them to find those places that really fuel mm-hmm. the, those behaviors. So, yeah. And we, we want to connect them. And that we connect with what the, the therapist here, like like Bell had, because I know you don't like yeah. it yourself. Yes, because right. then it's say you know, and the, of course you find that behavior bad, and you want to get rid of it yourself. Yes, mm-hmm. it's so hard, and then you said, but you don't know another way for the moment. It's like you, there is no other way. You're stuck in that place, and that is hurtful. That is a the more superficial hurt but the important hurt now I can't not even control myself Mm -hmm. I'm ashamed of that too Mm -hmm. I know it's not bringing you closer in a way I know that 
but I have no other way of bringing you closer, so I have to yeah. call you names. And so what happens here, if we zoom out, is what we when we do in our workshop around aggression, what we talk about is helping people to embody the attachment significance of that harmful behavior, which is at the same time a self-protection and a relational protection in this mm -hmm. cycle. But yes, it's harmful, but we want to help people embody, not explaining to them. We want to help them have a felt sense of what it, where it comes from so that they feel like of oh, themselves, like, oh, and then they can start connecting things. This is what we mean. Then they can start feeling their own raw spots mm -hmm. and they can connect with them. And especially also the attachment need that's underneath there. Mm -hmm. And then their own behavior starts to make sense. Not still not okay, but it just makes sense. And it becomes a human process again, because we validate the hell out of them there. And then they can start owning And we make them back whole. Like, it's not, you're not only your behavior. The behavior is part of a logic human process that happens with humans when they're so overwhelmed with the feeling, nobody's there for me and I'm totally wrong. Then we do get overwhelmed, right? And so that's what we mean with empathy to self. You know, get coherence again. Feel the whole of you again, we bring people home in their own bodies. And and with the, the, the almost not looking confrontational line anymore, mm -hmm. oh, this is what happening to you, this is what happening to you, and then you do that, and I know you don't like it yourself. Mm -hmm. So instead of the therapist saying, this is abuse, now the client feels, yeah, but I can tell you, I don't like it myself. Uh -huh. And maybe I call this abuse myself. Yeah. What would be magical if I could do that? Uh, I confront myself now. Yeah. But, this But I need you to yeah. do that. Yeah. This, yeah. This, this can be done. And this reminds me of the clip that we worked with today in the workshop. Um, can we tell the story about yeah, that? Yeah. I'm sitting working with a man who gets so, so aggressive. I mean, he knocks himself to like this big... Glass doors, you know, French doors, you call it, I think. Yeah. And he just, you know, knocks himself through in the middle of a fight to get to her, which is, you know... To get to her because she runs away, otherwise it's too... It's yeah. not to hurt her because she runs away, she gets scared from him, or... Mm -hmm. And then... He, Shoes her and she runs away and she hides and he goes through the glass door. So he wants to reach her because yeah. to get her in English is also okay. No, good. Thanks for the to reach her. To reach her, it's it's what we talked about in one of the previous videos with you, Abel, about the proximity seeking aggression, which okay can be um, addressed as abuse, but it, from an attachment point of view, it's like really an overwhelming big protest behavior which is very harmful yes but you know it has some significance there this man i'm working with together with her and she starts saying something and he get like really triggered in that abandonment and and he gets so angry and he says that i'm i'm so angry and he gets like really angry in yeah. session yeah. and she was at that moment in a very vulnerable place 
it took her a very long time to feel like a little bit safe to start speaking how hurt she was. And so she's in a very vulnerable place and he just all of a sudden, bah, and he goes off. If I would say, hey, you stop, this is abuse, I think I would be at risk that he would went into your move of attacking me. So what else? We just, what, what I did is built that relationship. Can you look at me? Can you look stop, at me? Stop the cycle. Stop her for a while. Stop the cycle. I stopped her. Like, you need to slow down for a moment, not talk because, you know, you're just triggering him and I know it's not okay and I will come back to you in a few sec- seconds. But you know what? And then I called the man and said, look at me, look at me, look at me. It took a really some minutes before he was able to look at me. I beamed exception like you get stuck right okay this is not okay i said but you get stuck and you get like really 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 angry and probably that's the only thing you can do right now but i want you to stay with me i want you to stay with me because this is exactly what you the both of you came for that we can learn together how to slow it down so this is what i want to do with you right now with three of you so that i that we can work together to make this stop yeah, and it's okay that you get in that place. It's really okay, but I need you to look at me. I need you to look at me. And with that eye connection that we made, he said, I'm so angry. I'm sorry. I said, of course you're angry. Of course you're angry. And with that relation that we had, all of a sudden he went like, I'm so sad too. Okay. And I said, okay. So when you get like really sad, the only option you have is going through that reactivity, which that's your only option you have, right? Okay, but that's good. You're doing good. You're doing good. So you get like really loud, Nara, but it has a place where you get sad. And I don't think that in this moment we need to go for the sadness. So I said, that sad place, what is it telling you that you need? Okay, and he said, you know, what I, makes me so angry is that she does not get how it is for me. She does not understand how it is for me. She just simply don't understand how it is for me. So I said, you want to be understood, right? He said, yeah, that she sees me because I live in the world when nobody sees me. And I said, okay, so when you get stuck in that place that you feel nobody's seeing me, Sadness is too hard to be with. So you jump to like fighting for it, right? And you don't want it to happen, but it just hijacks you too. Although you know you don't want to do it. There's no other way of doing it right now than doing this. He said, yeah. Okay, so that is that coherence that you build. I said, can you say that to yourself? Kind of if it encounter. Can you just, that will wisdom that you just, how you just puzzled it together yourself. Can you just say that to yourself? You looked a bit weird. Yeah, and I said, well, well, and I gave them the word. So when I hear her say something that gives you the feeling of not being seen, what happens then? I feel the sadness, but I can't stand the sadness and I go in that fight mode because I want her to see. So you're fighting is the see me anger and aggression, right? 
Can you say that to yourself? And he, you know, set the whole process. Then I asked him, what did I ask him? How do you feel now? He, yeah. he said, and as he said, like he had the same sign that I had just 20 minutes ago. He said, I feel calm, calmer now. Mm -hmm. I feel a relief. And then you asked. Yeah, okay, so you feel calmer now. Okay. And how would it be for her this moment? Now that you can see and find your own truth, which is just makes sense, you know, but how do you think this lands at her? And he lost, you know, he, he just changed. Instead of looking at me for like a minute, looked at her. You saw that you feel the shame coming. And then he looked back and he said, it's okay. And he says, Probably I'll make it very, very unsafe for her. And so it just makes sense that she wants to run away from me at this moment. And while I want her to come closer, what I do push, puts her farther away because it's unsafe. So that was just very nice how, how he could construct his inner world from in the cycle from her trigger. Then he, not to, the sadness was too hard to feel. It was it's still unbearable. But he could say, I want her to see me. I want her to see me. She doesn't understand what I'm trying to do for her. She, she, I want her to see me. And then I get angry. Yes, that telling it to himself, becoming calm. And then you asked, and what is the effect then on her? And he could say, she must feel very unsafe. And then she goes away. And then he had a kind of this line resembling, fuck, that doesn't help me at all then. <laughs> you know, because I want her to see me, but now she turns away, she cannot see me anymore. So I'm stuck. Mm. All right. So here is a man being able to look at himself, look in the mirror. Conf confront himself. Confront mm. himself. In a way that he can engage with that emotional drama and he takes responsibility and he becomes empathic for her need of protecting herself. While he was voicing that, the lady almost froze in session. And you see her a bit, a little bit opening up again, like, okay, we're back in safe. So, and I think the elements that we so far discussed here are in there. Mm -hmm. Because I had that, no doubt, I had that urge to go in and say, hey, man, this is not okay. This is abusive. This is not what we do here. Mm -hmm. Then I would abandon him. Yeah. I'm not helping him anymore. Mm -hmm. So connecting with that collaborative stance where we really want to have the same goal of stopping it is what we need to do first. Offering an accepting relationship where we welcome people so we can have co-regulation. Which was in the, look at me, look mm -hmm. at me. Because when he, he looked down for, in the session, he looks down for two minutes so he, we can think he's ashamed. But only when he looks up to you and he sees your friendly eyes looking at him while he takes, talks about this, he, he's getting, he's not talking about anger, he is angry. Right. The, that count, then you see him, okay, I'm not judged here. Yeah. And then he feels the sadness. Yeah. After I start tracking the process, 
which I did not mention in the story, but the moment we had that alliance and that co-regulation, I said, hey, man, what happens here is not okay, but let's try to understand what happened is she was saying something and then you came in. So mm-hmm. I was tracking the cycle and yeah. that helped them to feel like what happened to you here? Like, okay, but I'm in like that raw place. Mm-hmm. And then he find the coherence around, oh, so this is not about me being crazy. This is within that relational pattern. I get triggered. This is my attachment need not being met. I feel all those kind of emotions. They're still intolerable, but I can link my self-protection and destructive behavior to it. And now I got like myself back mm-hmm. in a way that I can see I'm in pain, but I can see myself doing that while somebody holding me, telling me, hey, but you're still human. And now I can challenge you. Can we make it more real? So if you can name it, make it relational, then is there's this you know you can tame it a little bit so it's building capacity mm-hmm. but the enactment is actually, actually quite essential there but then he's able to have like overview and he can start seeing the relational drama and also her position which is amazing that's one of the places where we learned it, that then he becomes empathic without we asking him to become empathic yeah he gets empathy for self, and suddenly he gets empathy for other. Just emerge. It emerges. It emerges. It was blocked because he's like all people when they're in pain, you cannot have empathy for others. Yeah. I hate for this to end, you guys, because this is so amazing. But I do, unfortunately, have to. I'm a little bit behind, but this is so amazing. And, um, you know, you guys are fantastic and this really felt so good. And I hope those of you that are listening, you know, maybe you'll rewind and listen to it a couple more times in the process. And um, as we wrap up, I just want to hit a few keynotes that, you know, Jeff and Levin talked about is really, we, we do directly speak about things that are happening. We don't avoid talking about them, but we don't go in guns blazing in a way that sounds very judgmental and non-empathic because it will gear up our clients with their defenses and it's harder to access them and get everybody to a place where it feels safe to see what needs to be seen that they're already struggling to show so that we can get to work and change the things that everybody wants to have changed. So EFT just, comes in again, uh, my book, Relentless Empathy in the Therapeutic Relationship. Find it on Amazon. Talks a lot about different kinds of clients. And again, you know, we're not, we don't validate the behavior. We're, we are addressing it and acknowledging it and recognizing what drives it and the pain that goes underneath it, organizing it. So I really want you guys, you know, hopefully you'll listen to this a few times and maybe sign up for a training with Jeff and Levin because they really have, they work with what, you know, I think a lot of uh, clinicians would agree are some of the more challenging um, presenting problems that clients would come in with. And yet they find this way to talk about it directly and, you know, help people feel safe to, to do the work. And that's really what we're here to do. And we're not here to judge. We're here to be with and, um, if we can help them feel safe, it's 
just going to be so much easier for us to be able to do the work. <laughs> Not that it's always easy, but, you know, that is the key. So, and we know that we, you know, as Jeff said, the experiential level, we want them to experience it because, again, that goes to our neurology. We could intellectually explain skills, but as soon as their nervous system comes back online, which attachment emotions live in the nervous system, all those skills go out the window. So we have to embed it on the emotional level so it encodes into the nervous system so that that muscle memory comes back to life when they're back in that place. So um, Jeff and Levin, thank you so, so much. Can you tell everyone where they could find you website and also maybe the name of your book that's coming? I know it's in Dutch, but still it's good. <laughs> yeah, the, the easiest way to, to find us is the website of EFT Belgium. That's Google will tell you where it is. Uh, EFT Belgium, there you can find us. And, yeah. and uh, the book, the, we have this book that, that for therapists that, that called EFT and couples suffering from violence. And now we uh, produced a book that will be out in March that also called Fighting for Connection. Which is directed to the general audience. You want to support the people suffering with important questions like, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with us? What is violence? Will it ever stop? And we talk about this from weaving love and connection in, in between it so that people can, that feel societally not accepted can at least find a book and find a place where they can go to. And that can help them. But it is in Dutch, so it is called Vechten voor Verbinding. Fighting for love, fighting for love. That's the word, fighting for love. Hopefully it will be out in English one day. Um, <laughs> it is, we just really talked about this really dramatic topic that is so challenging for people to go through in a very human simple language it, it took us day by day language day by day it took like years to be able to do that but i think we managed to just help people go through all those processes in very very accessible language and yeah. so it will help a lot of people because that's the only goal and that's yeah. yeah. we the eft training Finding simple language is one of the basic skills we need to have to, that our simple words with deep meaning reach the people in front of us. Yeah. Yes. Thank you guys so, so much just for your wisdom and your just blessing us with your gifts today. And um, EFT Belgium, you guys, you can Google it. I'll put a, a link to it in the description for this video on YouTube. If you're listening to podcasts or you're going to have to Google it. <laughs> Um, if you want to find trainings with Jeff and Levin, get into EFT Belgium or go to ICEFT, I-C-E-E-F-T dot com. And you will find a list of all EFT trainings around the globe, um, including ours here in Las Vegas, uh, when Jeff and Levin come out to do a training with us, as well as the EFT World Summit, which is in the Netherlands next year. And it's going to be really amazing. And Jeff and Levin will be there, too. You can also find information about that on uh, ICEF.com and I think EFT Europa maybe is the website for the summit but I will make sure to put a link to the summit in the description for the video as well 
And uh, thank you guys just again so, so much for being with us today. And thank you guys to our viewers. Um, I just appreciate you guys staying on board and just make sure that you hit subscribe because more videos are on the way. Don't forget to buy my book, Using Relentless Empathy in the Therapeutic Relationship, Connecting with Challenging and Resistant Clients for Helping Professionals. Available on Amazon or on my website, www.drbugatti.com.